The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. Marcus Paff alongside Reggie Rizzo. On today's episode, levitation becomes a reality. Plus, one Kentucky City's tourism campaign includes extraterrestrial invites. And this week in history, New York's plan to save women's souls. Coming up on Cool Stuff Ride Home. Well, if you're a fan of superheroes, or the Back to the Future trilogy for that matter, you've likely daydreamed at some point about what it would be like to suspend gravity and levitate, or hover above the ground. I know that for me, as a kid, I often imagined how crazy the year 2015 would be with its flying cars and hoverboards, neither of which actually came to fruition. No matter what they say about those hoverboards, those are not real hoverboards. I want my Back to the Future hoverboards. Yeah. Oh, the the stuff that they've actually released today? No doubt. But stop the charade, people. None of this has come to fruition yet, of course. But a recent popular mechanics piece from Tim Newcomb took a closer look at a newfound style of anti-gravity levitation, which could potentially have some profound real-world implications. Research continues on this magnetic-based form of levitation in which a spinning rotor magnet allows a separate floater magnet to levitate above it. The concept was first demonstrated back in 2021, and a research team out of Denmark recently expanded upon the concept by showing just how simple it is to produce and repeat. Now, to be clear, the concept of magnetic levitation, sometimes referred to as maglev, is not new. It's already being used around the world in a variety of capacities, everything from floating trains to high-speed machinery. But this latest discovery potentially represents a leap forward in our understanding of the concept and its applications. Existing technologies use slow-spinning mechanics or external stabilizers to control the magnetic forces that are used for lifting and and propelling, and they require control systems to supply magnetic force and conduct energy currents. But this new approach uses high-speed rotation to produce a unique interaction between two rotating magnets, a discovery that seemingly defies our understanding of classical physics. Now, per the web publication The Debrief, simply using two non-rotating magnets to counter gravity can quickly become unstable. But back in 2021, Turkish scientist Hamdi Yukar conducted an experiment published in the journal Symmetry, if you're interested in reading it, and it demonstrated exactly what we're talking about here, that a magnet can both spin and stably levitate in the air when positioned close to another rotating magnet. Yukar used a Levitron toy with a magnet attached to a motor spinning around 10,000 RPM. When placed just a few centimeters beneath the spinning rotor, the second magnet also started to rotate and achieved a stable state of levitation. I mentioned the concept seems to defy our understanding of the laws of physics. Well, Rasmus Bjork is a physicist at TU Denmark and led the subsequent research conducted following Yukar's discovery. 
He told the debrief, quote, magnets should not hover when they are close together. Usually they will either attract or repel each other. But if you spin one of the magnets, it turns out you can achieve this hovering. And that is the strange part. The force affecting the magnet should not change just because you rotate one of them. So it seems there is a coupling between the movement and the magnetic force, end quote. Now, I know some of this is getting a bit technical, at least it was for me, but Bjork and his team found that as levitation occurs, the polar axis of the two magnets become nearly perpendicular to each other and form a configuration that would typically be unstable. But in this setup, the spinning magnetic field of the rotor exerted a torque on the floater, locking it in a stable levitated position. In contrast to what might be expected by the laws of magnetostatics, Bjork told Physics World, quote, it is a quite surprising that magnetic levitation develops in such a relatively simple system, end quote. He went on to explain the phenomenon is not unlike a spinning top where rotation locks the object in position, defying gravity, or in this case, the push and pull of magnetic forces. So in addition to altering our understanding of magnetostatics, at least at some level, this newly discovered interaction between magnetic forces could open up an array of possibilities in magnetic levitation technology. The debrief story notes that some of that will depend upon the extent to which this phenomena can be scaled and what the energy costs will look like. Now, I know this was alluded to throughout the story, but after reading this, the main thing that jumped out at me is the simplicity of this concept, coupled with the fact that it had never been stumbled upon before. And Look, to be clear, I'm, I'm obviously no scientist, so if there's any part of this story we're missing, let us know, coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. But magnets have been studied by humans, Reggie, for at least a couple thousand years. I mean, Pliny the Elder discussed their properties in his book Natural History like 2,500 years ago. So if that's the case, how is it that nobody ever stumbled upon the fact that this rotational phenomena can lead to stable levitation or hovering? My mind is blown there. I'm going to my theory of sometimes the smartest people cannot think of the most practical situations. So, you know, you may understand all of these, these laws and these rules, but sometimes the simple explanation sometimes sure. escapes them, I feel like, because they're so focused on the more difficult picture, you know, the the difficult concepts out there that I, I don't know, at least that's a theory. I don't know. All I know is I am ready for my hovering car and think of the infrastructure for the country. If that's the case, if we can get a car to hover, there's going to be less roads to maintain. I guess, you know, if there's snow or ice, would it make it less dangerous to drive? in those conditions. There's so many different possibilities I feel like out there that this could help solve or reduce some of our, our problems or our costs potentially in this world. You know what? That's a great point you raised there about snowy, icy roads, something that you and I know all too well about coming from Wisconsin um, to potentially have some sort of infrastructure that would essentially eliminate that as a concern is is pretty darn interesting and not to mention everything else that you laid out there and and what this could ultimately mean so we'll see uh, this is one that i'm i'm going to be keeping a close eye on and where it where it evolves to or where it goes from here to see what practical application might come first with in using this concept i'm sure those uh cars will come out just in time for me to be too old to be driving so i mean <laughs> <laughs> they never take your license away here no, I think you'll be fine. True, true. And by, by that point, it'll probably be self-driving anyway. So I think you'll be okay. <laughs> 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, I have no idea what to make of this story aside from it being a solid attempt at PR here on Earth. I'll explain that specificity. The city of Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau recently used an infrared laser to beam a message into space inviting extraterrestrial travelers to check out their city. In part, the message reads like this, quote, The first thing you'll notice as you descend through Earth's atmosphere above central Kentucky is the lush green countryside that surrounds Lexington's vibrant city center. That's our famous bluegrass, end quote. It then goes on to describe the gentle rolling hills, horse farms, and bourbon before suggesting places to stay, shop, and eat. All things that any good extraterrestrial undoubtedly <laughs> wants to know. Uh, the Associated Press reports the message was blasted towards potentially habitable planets in the Trappist-1 solar system 40 light years away. And per a Visitor's Bureau statement earlier this month, the recent societal infatuation with aliens, UFO sightings, and deep space imaging ultimately led to this campaign. It was led in part by Lexington native Robert Lauder, an expert in computer engineering, astrobiology, and the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Lauder said in a statement, quote, we brought together experts in engineering, linguistics, digital media, philosophy, and science fiction to design, debate, and transmit this message, end quote. Said message was sent with FAA approval and has a coded bitmap image, which includes imagery representative of life in Lexington. Even if you're a believer of aliens among us, it could take a while for the campaign to pay off as the message will reportedly take 40 years to reach its intended target and could take another 40 to receive any response. In the meantime, Earthlings are still welcome in Lexington. So to be clear, this is obviously a fun and humorous attempt to secure publicity. And it worked because, Reggie, we're sitting here talking about it. You just said it a minute ago, but my first thought is they're playing the long game here. It's going to take 40 years for that message to get there. And assuming if they want to just, you know, hop on their little <laughs> spacecraft uh, vehicle to get here, assuming they can travel, you know, just shy of light speed, it's going to take another 40 plus years. So in about 100 years or so, uh, I'm going to blame Lexington when aliens take over this world. <laughs> They're like, bourbon? We're there. <laughs> Everybody get in the car or whatever the heck it is that we're taking to, to this place. It's going to take us 40 years to get there, but we're going. Well, we just let them know that clearly we can grow vegetation like bluegrass, and this is a very fertile planet. Although by the hundred years they get here, it'll probably be destroyed anyway. So yeah, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. So you're <laughs> expecting an Independence Day situation to happen yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, um, whatever the case, that uh, clearly this was an attempt at, at, at PR. We shall see. But how great would it be if that was our first contact with an alien life form was thanks to Alexa Washington, Kentucky travel and tourism campaign. And the response we get back is just pass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We uh, we like it, but we're thinking of heading to Europe instead. Thanks for the invitation. We respectfully decline. <laughs> <laughs> but you're welcome to come here anytime. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Taking a look at this day in history, on January 22, 1908, Katie Mulkey was the first person to be arrested for smoking when she violated the Sullivan Ordinance that was passed in New York City the day before on January 21st. When she lit the cigarette, a cop came running toward her and shouted, Madame, you mustn't! What would Alderman Sullivan say? End quote. <laughs> the ordinance didn't ban women from smoking completely, but it did ban them from smoking in public. Even though men could smoke, the ban was put in place because a woman with a cigarette was considered dangerously sexual, immoral, and shouldn't be trusted. So in short, they were trying to save the women's souls. According to historian Emily Remus, there were many restrictions on women around that time. Without a male escort, women were refused service in most restaurants, cafes, and hotels, while saloons and private clubs simply closed their doors to female customers. If they didn't have that male escort, they were often thought as prostitutes. It wasn't until the invention of the department store that actually changed some of those thoughts. It allowed women to shop and appear in public without escorts, and the mass production of cigarettes starting in the 1880s is what got women smoking more in the first place. However, for the Sullivan Ordinance, Katie Mulkey was the only victim of the law. When she was arrested, she was fined $5, which they actually didn't list a fine in the ordinance. It was no penalties were listed in it. Uh, they just randomly fined her $5. She spent the night in jail. And when she appeared before a judge, she said, quote, I've got as much right to smoke as you have. I never heard of this new law and I don't want to hear about it. No man shall dictate to me, end quote. I like that she had it in. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, <laughs> she was released the next day, and the mayor of New York City vetoed the ordinance two weeks later. Well, good on the mayor and good on Katie for uh, stepping up or speaking up for herself in that instance. What a bizarre ordinance. Come on, Mr. Sullivan, you're better than that. I have no idea if you are, but I'd like to think so. If he came up with that ordinance, he probably wasn't much better than that. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. The, the thought of a woman smoking just makes her a, a dangerous, immoral woman. The mentality just seems kind of silly. Men can do it, but women can't. That's just a silly mentality. Yeah, of course it is. But then when I think back to what we talked about last week on this day in history with the top hat, nothing surprises <laughs> me anymore. Nothing surprises me with, uh, with what took place uh, 100, 200 years ago. Then again, you know what? In another 100, 200 years, whoever's doing a show like this is probably going to say the same thing about us. I still have to say the top hat one is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. Before we leave, we do have a few corrections from last week. We got a couple emails in and thank you for sending those emails. If you have any corrections for us, we are more than happy to welcome them. We are not experts here. We may pretend to be from time to time, but we're not experts here. So we're more than happy to uh, make those corrections when they come in. The first one came in from Justin from Gold Coast, Queensland. When we were talking about the world's ugliest lawn, I used the word chooks and pronounced it to rhyme with the word dukes. He corrected me, letting him know that uh, he's from that area, that it actually rhymes with books. So it should be chooks, 
not chooks. Oh, okay. All right. Well, the next time we visit Australia, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like I know what I'm talking about. Then, when you talk about those chickens, you know you should be saying it as chooks. That's right. That's right. I appreciate it. Thanks for the email, Justin. And he also wanted to point out that according to the band Ice House, Australia is the Great Southern Land, not Antarctica, as I said in, an, <laughs> in another piece. He considers Antarctica the awesome Southern Land, inspiring fear and wonder. Well, you know what? Fair enough. Uh, I, I tend to agree because if I'm going south, I'd rather spend my time in Australia than Antarctica, too. And another email we received uh, came from Tim kind of explaining to us how Alexa AI could be hallucinating. I know we made some comments about that joking. Well, hallucinating, according to Tim, has become a common parlance for the large language model, a specific flavor of artificial intelligence. Uh, think chat, GPT, Google's Bard, or the Amazon Alexa equivalent Q that we're talking about. What it does when they say it's hallucinating, it makes up facts that are nowhere in the data set that it's built from. Uh, okay. Okay. So that's when they say it's hallucinating. It's just making up stuff, which I guess uh, that that's a good explanation. I guess there it's yeah. hallucinating. It's making things up. It's seeing things that aren't there. Yeah, makes sense, and and certainly a problem that I have heard about with uh, all kinds of of different AI technology that exists out there. And part of the reason that I guess at this point in time we're not one hundred percent able to fully trust whatever AI spits out for us. So once again, if you have any questions or comments or thoughts or whatever for us, coolstuffcommute at gmail.com and you can send it over to us at coolstuffridehome. Questions, comments, thoughts, or whatever, says Reggie. Send whatever on over. I want to know what that looks like. Hey, I'm willing to take anything. <laughs> just, you are. Just, just talk to me. Let me know you love me. That's all I want. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up. Love letters. You know, something. All right. Reggie needs therapy. For Reggie Rizzo, <laughs> I'm going to get him going off on that. Get started right now. I'm Marcus Papp. We're back tomorrow with another edition of Cool Stuff Right Home. Cool Stuff.